0: So last time we promised we were going to use Songsmith to make some Radiohead songs. We tracked down the stems from a couple songs from In Rainbows. So we got Reckoner and Nude here, Songsmith version. I think the Reckoner one's kind of a shame because there's a bunch of drum bleed in the
1: vocal take, so it didn't turn out quite as good. Maybe we should start with that one, huh? That made it a little easier to line it up. Because what I had to do is figure out when I had to start it to get it to line up with the count in on Songsmith. There's no way <laughs> to import the MP3 and like move it time wise. And once you oh, record so it, like it won't quantize it. There's no way to get it off the beat. So especially with nude, it was difficult because that's like a rhythmically interesting a no, song. Is there no um no tap tempo? There is a tap tempo, so I got that lined up eventually. But it's a matter of pressing play at the right time because i don't think the mp3 starts on a bar yeah that's a good point point. and the vocals for nude come in on the three i think or the four
0: yeah i gotcha so the thing has no idea what to do with it but nude came out really well i think yeah well, well let's uh, let's get into reckoner here first just to check it out It's really funny that the drum bleed cuts in and out, though.
1: <laughs> he must have his headphones cranked.
0: Yeah, probably so, honestly. Or maybe he had like one ear off
1: and one ear on. This is with Jazzy all the way up. <laughs>
0: And Johnny Greenwood killed it on that one. But uh, I think Nude is maybe the real masterpiece here. So let's just jump right into that, too.
1: (laughs) Did it pitch shift the vocal there itself? I don't think so. Once I got it lined up, it kind of got the chord progression. Yeah, it kind of like, it seems like some of the changes are
0: right. I can't really say because I'm just thinking from memory, but Yeah, I haven't heard the original in
1: quite a while. But it sounds right.
0: Yeah, just a shitty, tasteless version of it. (laughs)
1: The Peebo Bryson version. Gone, now
0: that okay, I don't think it got that card change right. <laughs> yeah.
1: That ending should have been in the
0: original song. Yeah, I think all of it should have been. Radiohead should start doing the
1: live version of Nude like this now. In 2028, when we get In Rainbows, the deluxe version, which better be free. If they make it not free, I will make a stink. I'm writing it in my calendar to make a stink when they don't make it free for the deluxe one. But Yeah, they're betraying their own values. They should have Capitalist both of those, pigs. both of those songs that we made. On uh, yeah, on the deluxe version, those versions should be in the normal track list, and then the originals
0: should be the bonus tracks.
1: Yeah, that is how it should be. You should get the new tracks as the main course, and then for dessert, you get uh, like random remixes of the original songs in a random order.
0: Yeah, but I think uh, Tom York could easily just make Radiohead a solo project with Songsmith. It seems like it works pretty well.
1: Yeah, I wonder what he could get done in the six-hour six, uh, six hour free trial. <laughs> That's a good, like, Radiohead likes doing that type of experiment of
0: he's going to write, like, ten songs, have them all ready to go, and then just bang them out in six hours during the free trial period and put out the album. Put it out free to download at whatever
1: price you want. Johnny Greenwood is going to do a movie soundtrack with Songsmith. <laughs> yeah, like, There Will Be Blood 2. Like slow atmospheric music, humming into it and put turning the jazzy slider
0: all the way up. I just realized maybe we should do like our own songs in Songsmith too. Like we should have Dan do like a Wolf Parade song in Songsmith.
1: Yeah, let's see who's better at writing it. Yeah, oh yeah, all three of us do the same Wolf Parade song. Which genre is it best in? Because maybe they shouldn't do indie rock. Maybe that's, that's not true. the optimal genre. Maybe well, if we're going to compete, we're going to each have to pot. choose a
0: different one. Yeah, might have been how they should have done all their music all along. Or reggae. <laughs> yeah, the alternate history where Dan got really into Three Eleven when Dan was talking about the guy at his work in the kitchen who listened to Three Eleven all the time. If Dan had been like, "Damn, this is
1: really good," it was like a Tyler Durden type songs. guy. Yeah, it <laughs> was an aspect of his personality he was imagining. Yeah, 100%. He's talking to everyone else like, oh, man, this he's got 311 on again, and it's completely silent in the restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> Just crickets. Uh, okay, I he calls crickets 311, I guess. This guy's weird. I heard he's from Vancouver. I don't know what they put in the water over there.
0: <laughs> Must be marijuana. That's the only way you can enjoy a crazy band like
1: 311. They put that BC Bud in the water over there. Yeah. They just put full nugs of weed in the reservoir and they're floating around and getting moldy and the fish eat them and they don't really get sick, but they don't really like it either.
0: Well, people in BC don't question it either. They turn on the tap and just a whole nug pops out of the tap and they just drink it in their water.
1: You got to have that little filter on the faucet. Sometimes (laughs) people wonder like, what is this filtering out? Like, are there, there aren't going to be big chunks coming out of the water like a kidney stone. But then you do ins- need them because weed's going to come out.
0: Yeah. And inside the filter, there's a grinder so you can grind it up, man.
1: That's what the garbage disposal is for.
0: Yeah, true. You know, speaking of um, California guys like Tom York famously moved to California. He did actually move to California at some point. So this segue makes sense. But we were also doing a recent, uh, we were looking into Tommy Lee again, seeing what he's up to. We got a number of things to talk about.
1: Oh, before we start on that, I just want to say, now that Tom York lives in California, both of his eyes are like that. You know yeah. why? <laughs> because of that Cali bud, man. He's chiefed off, yeah. the, off that shit, man. First
0: it gets in the water in British Columbia, and then like they catch it in their filters, and then someone like ships it down to California, dude. And then it goes right into Tom York's pocket, where he smokes it from.
1: Yeah, the mouth of the Colorado River is in Vancouver, and then it goes all the way down to L.A., and that's where it empties out.
0: Yeah. man, mean, why didn't El Chapo think of that? Instead of making all these like underground tunnels and shit, he could have just smuggled drugs down a river.
1: That's classic
0: style. Just throw them in. It was good enough for baby whoever, who, in the Bible, who got thrown in the water, you know?
1: Baby you know, Moses. Baby what a little
0: prick. Yeah, baby Moses. If it's good enough for baby Moses, why
1: isn't it good enough for El Chapo's drugs? Just throw him in the water. That mom kind of got what she wanted though. Like it's supposed to be a story about how you shouldn't sail your kid down the river, or maybe it maybe it is. But now her her kid got famous now. If he if he never got sailed down the river, we wouldn't be talking about
0: Moses in 2021.
1: Yeah, it's like a parable that's like if you just drop your infant off at the firehouse, maybe he'll get adopted by Bill Gates, and he'll become a billionaire. Like a Horatio Alger story will happen. That was the original Horatio Alger story. The baby yeah, gets true. found in the reeds and it gets adopted as an Egyptian, gets to hang out with the pharaoh.
0: It's kind of a good idea that would still work today. Of if you just have like a thousand babies and try to drop them off at very rich people's homes, eventually one of them's going to take. And then once that baby becomes rich, you can then mooch off it for the rest of your life.
1: Yeah, imagine how much clout that would get you. If you had a baby dropped off at your doorstep, like Harry Potter, and you took it in and like posted it on Instagram, that would be huge for like Chrissy Teigen getting your reputation burnished. Oh yeah. Speaking of of clout, though,
0: um, Tommy Lee he's still on Bitclout. We had to check in on his Bitclout, but uh, he hasn't posted in 257 days. I think he
1: he used it for about one hour and never logged back in. What an asshole. We finally figured out how Tommy Lee got roped into this.
0: Yeah, because it's it's not like there's exactly a huge string of celebrities getting on BitCloud. Because we were trying to look at like the top accounts with the most valuable coins. And the biggest celebrities on here are Avenged Sevenfold and Jake Paul. So it's not exactly like jumping off. But the question is, why is Pamela Anderson also one of the top celebs on here? Why is Tommy Lee on here? And the answer... Is their son
1: What if you combine them into one person That's this guy Their son Yeah Dylan Jagger Lee It's weird that they named him Jagger Because he's not Mick Jagger's kid Presumably
0: Yeah it's so funny It's like such a dumb guy move too Like well he's another cool musician Let's name him after that guy's last name So it's really confusing
1: Yeah like I think Green Day did that Like they named all their kids after the Ramones or something
0: Oh, God, that's so lame. Oh, they're man.
1: mutual kids. They're all, they have all the kids have three dads, and it's all three of the guys. Yeah. <laughs> he's definitely Tommy Lee and Pamela Anderson's kid because he looks like an exact cross between them.
0: Yeah. And now he's just like a fail son crypto guy. And he's, I don't know, is he one of the main investors in BitCloud or like the founder or what? But he's like,
1: it you know, certainly one of the seems guys. like it. I was looking into it, and their branding is very confusing. Like it's BitClout, but then it's also Deso. It said on Wikipedia that they changed their name to Deso, but it's still BitClout. But Deso is a uh, crypto now. It's like a an altcoin that's worth one hundred and thirty dollars.
0: Yeah, it's very confusing what the relationship between BitClout and Deso is. But like Dylan Jagger Lee has. Three thousand followers on BitCloud, which is a lot, relatively speaking. Considering that's more than Tommy Lee, but the, on the other token, like on Twitter, he only has like four thousand followers, and he has a verified account. It's like
1: nobody knows this guy. It is crazy how few followers he has as a famous person's kid. Because you always hear well, especially- about famous people's kids who you like. You hear way too much about like uh, Ben Dreyfus. Um, uh, Michael Douglas I don't know I mean he's hanging out with other famous kids
0: Clearly as we discovered Cause he's also got a shitty band That nobody listens to Called Motel 7 And the music video was Directed by Pierce Brosnan's son Paris Brosnan It's something that
1: we manifested I think that yeah, their band is called yeah. Motel Seven. That's the stupidest goddamn thing you could call your band. That might be stupider than Monster Truck.
0: Yeah, we should get a. Um, I want to read this quote from uh, Dylan Jagger Lee to really get a feel for how he talks. You know, he like, so he's doing some interview about it, which is obviously just some fucking bullshit PR thing he paid for because no one cares about this band. But uh, he's talking about how he didn't tell Tommy Lee about the band right away. He didn't even know I was in a band until four days ago, says the 23-year-old, who is the youngest child of the Motley Crue rocker and Pamela Anderson. I didn't tell my parents or anything. I try to keep them as far out as possible. He was pretty pissed when he figured it out. He was like, dude, what the fuck? You didn't tell me you were singing and shit. That's so dope. What the fuck? And then I was like, yeah, I'm pretty low-key.
1: What's the point of that? You have to hide (laughs) being a rocker from your dad? is Tommy Lee? Dude, it he'll makes never no approve, sense. Man. Yeah, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get it kicked out of the house for having a rock guitar.
0: Man, I would have loved to be a fly on the wall for that conversation.
1: Dog, what the fuck, dog? Nah, dude, I'm low key straight up. Like, I remember seeing this video years and years ago that I could never find again in like 2006 where this black teenager does a prank where he goes up to his dad and says, "Dad, I smoke crack, and the dad is like, what? Are you fucking kidding me? Get over here. And uh, I'm imagining that, but it's Tommy Lee's son going up to him and being like, dad, I make rock. And then Tommy Lee freaks the fuck out. (laughs) I lived this lifestyle so you could avoid it. I tried to keep you safe. I'm pretty low-key. This not not mentioning shit in my life for no reason whatsoever. Yeah, it's
0: so low key, dude. Uh, but this band Motel Seven, they clearly have just paid to get on every Spotify playlist because they have a hundred followers on Twitter and like one or two thousand on Instagram, uh, like six hundred uh, subscribers on YouTube. Basically, it's just like by any normal metric, this is like a nothing indie band, you know. But we then didn't on Spotify, their them. song has yeah exactly yeah I like think if, that's if very
1: notable the fact that the number one podcast that talks about Tommy Lee the most of all time yeah. <laughs> didn't know about his son's band called motel Seven
0: yeah how did it take us like six months to find out about this you know but um yeah on Spotify though their song has six million plays and it's on like a thousand of the like curated playlists yeah it has six millions uh, million followers
1: it's got um yeah, discovered on Wake Up Happy. Well, you know, I don't think that'll ever happen for me. <laughs> indie pop, surf rock sunshine, summer indie. Also, that song is not surf rock. It's just guys from California doing like Post Malone vocals. It's a very broad definition of surf rock. West Coast rock, I guess you could say. Like you you would call it yeah. the birds uh, or like... Um, I don't know. I can't think of the other Laurel Canyon bands. Crosby, Stills, and Nash. It's like saying that's uh, that's surf rock. Yeah. Hey, or like the
0: Red Hot Chili Peppers are surf rock. They're close to the beach. Yeah, if you can surf in the city that the band is from, it qualifies as surf rock. Is Weezer
1: a surf rock band because they have a song about surfing?
0: Yeah. Surf Wax America, that's
1: surf rock. I don't see why not. They certainly have more songs about surfing than uh, Motel 7.
0: Yeah. I guess even on Surf Racks America, you could say that the guitar tone is kind of like surf influenced, but not like the actual like key. Like you expect surf rock to be like Dick Dale where it uses like, um, what do you call it? Where it's like a major key, but the seventh is
1: like a uh, um, friggy. Like yeah. It's one, it's, I don't remember what the stuff. fuck you call
0: it, but like a, uh, There's more like little chromatic notes in it. Like you expect that from surf rock, you know, or at least you have to do a lot of tremolo picking like the.
1: You can't just be at a beach in your music video. I think that's just at least a little too far over the line. There's a classic Longmont Potion Castle call where he calls Dick Dale like a (laughs) few years before he died and says he's UPS. And then he has to pick up a bunch of cables that got shipped in from Guam. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and at first his wife thinks that it's a Christmas present she ordered And she's confused and then they find out it's cables And it's coming from Guam And they just get pissed off <laughs> R- R.I.P. R.I.P. Dick Dale
0: Man, but yeah, Motel 7 So their one video on YouTube has 200,000 views But then you go to their channel and everything else is like 1,000 views 2,000 Like, There's not really any sort of organic support here
1: I guess you can just pay blatantly for Uh, Podcast, or not podcast placement Playlist placement on Spotify You can just say, I want to be on Summer Indie Even if it's the damn winter Middle of the damn winter, December You can be, you can say, I made this song about summer Because it's chill, it's got chill vibes I sound like Post Malone, so I'm doing Baby Talk And it's through autotune The backing tracks are like beach house type shit like very yeah, smoothed so over sort of, uh, like chill wave, indie pop sort of stuff. That's just commercial music. It's for a car commercial, or like one about bird scooters probably.
0: Yeah, and another thing I really like about these guys is that on Instagram, they both uh keep commenting on all their own posts. So like they they posted um. Dylan, Jagger, Lee, you know, recording his vocals. And then the other guy in the band responded to it. The music is great. And then Dylan posted on it too, tagging Jake
1: Paul. It's very contradictory that they have this uh, this easy ticket to fame on Spotify. Six million plays for nothing. And then on the rest of social media, they're like bombing. That's a good point. Why don't they just buy a shitload of followers there too? Tommy Lee's son has 4,000 followers on Twitter. The other guy, Anton Kabaz, he has no followers. All of their tweets are just like chill vibes for real and shit like that. And then the rest of them are trying to sell DSO and BitClout, not really so cool, dude. pitching it in any way, just kind of saying the name of it over and over again to get people to pump it up.
0: I'm glad that you brought up how they just post stuff like chill vibes cuz that's what everyone posts on Bitcloud. Like the more I look around, there's no like gen- like genuine community on Bitcloud. So every post is things like vibes are high, run this up fam, gg's everyone. <laughs> like there's fucking no substance to this. No one's like doing jokes or posting anything substantive. I guess the good thing is there's no politics, but
1: yeah, finally. We don't have to hear about those clowns in Congress. Even the Krasensteins are on here and they don't talk about politics at all. They're just trying to sell. Man, like, yeah, I I think they're paid by the DeSo people because all their posts are about DeSo shit.
0: Yeah, and this is the most followers I've ever seen someone have on here 16,000.
1: I think Tommy Lee's son might own the Krasenstein brothers as slaves.
0: Yeah, why are they actually posting on here, like, every day? They just posted 30 minutes ago about crypto. Yeah, you're all they do is post
1: about crypto. It's all NFT shit and DSo, so they must be on the payroll here.
0: God, it makes perfect sense, though, because they were always willing to shill for whatever got them attention. And now that they're banned from Twitter, it's like, well, NFT guys are dumb enough to uh, give
1: us some money. So the Krasenst- one of the Krasenstein brothers, or no, it's both of them. Before I was confused yeah, because account. one of them is crass, was Krassenstein at Krassenstein, and the other one was like at Brian. Yeah. So I wasn't <laughs> sure, but I guess both of them share the same account because they edited edited their avatars together into one avatar. And it's all about NFTs and cryptocurrency and DeSo. They don't talk about Trump at all. You would think they would have some oblique references in there or something or like...
0: Well, it just shows you their heart was never in it. Like, they were always about the hustle, you know? Yeah. And check this out. Like, I, they have to be in on it with DSO because this is the NFT they're minting for DSO. It looks like the fucking, um, like, a Salvation Army logo or something. If you think, like, bored apes look like dog shit, this is just a white background with the outline of a shield and it says DSO plus Coinbase. And you can buy this fucking thing as an NFT. It's from the Krasensteins.
1: It's got JPEG artifacts all over it, too.
0: Yeah, it fucking, it's like you couldn't make a more dog shit image than this. It's really amazing.
1: I think if you're going to sell an image like that, it should at least be the minimum dimensions that would be required for like an album cover on Bandcamp. Yeah. You shouldn't be able to sell like a 200 by 200 image that's artifacted. Yeah. It's
0: basically black and white with a little blue in it,
1: too. <laughs> like, they wouldn't let you use uh, use this on Cafe Press, I don't think.
0: Yeah, hell no. There's still 41 available. What a surprise. We got to get in on the ground floor. There, Rocket ship.
1: One of the Krasenstein brothers also has one inspired by the Garbage Pail Kids called Bit Clout Kids,
0: which oh, cool. seems
1: like it might be a trademark infringement. And it looks. Uh, really bad. Oh, there's one that says, Jack, you smell. They're like the garbage pail kids because they're kind of raunchy and nasty. And it's, there's a guy who's supposed to be Mr. Clean, a bald guy. He, his shirt says Mr. Clout and he is washing at Jack from Twitter Who's in a bathtub and he's got tattoos all over him that say centralized and hate and it's such a low res image. I can't even make out most of it, (laughs) but it's like a political cartoon basically about how Big Cloud is scrubbing Jack in the bath and Jack looks really upset about it. Like he's a dog. I don't know if I would pay money for this.
0: That's the most political thing on Bitcloud though.
1: It is. That could catch on with conservatives. I don't know if they like oh, Jack or they don't like him anymore. I know they're upset that he's being replaced with an Indian guy because they kind of assume that the Indian guy is going to ban all the white people or something. So now they yeah. like Jack.
0: <laughs> I think this is a pretty good Krasenstein post. And this kind of is a good uh, window into what they're all about now, apparently. Plus sign, worry more about connections, minus worry less about coin price, plus worry more about having fun here, minus worry less about making money here, plus worry more about growth in users, minus worry less about the price of DSO, plus worry more about the future, minus
1: worry less about the present. The BitCloud Kids account posted a tweet, or a, what do you call it, a, a bit? Yeah, what the fuck are the tweets called on here, yeah. A bitclit? They posted a clout. They said they would like to welcome the guy who drew the bitclout kids to bitclout. So after the shit was already online, the guy who drew it, then he got on the website. <laughs> They're like, "Well, you're gonna look like a fraud if you don't at least fucking sign up for an account, guy. Like, wh- what are you even drawing if you don't have an account on the website and you don't use it?"
0: Ooh, the Krastensteins are pumping an NFT called "Badass
1: Baboons." <laughs> Wow. And that artist, his account, by the way, has one post on it that just says, I'm on BitCloud.
0: <laughs> That's what most of the accounts are like, like like uh, Tommy Lee's, where his three posts are, what's up, mathafuckas? I'm on BitCloud. Then he said, what's good, clouders? And then he said, whoop. And then he never logged in again.
1: Usually it would be really lame to get your dad to make uh, sponsored posts on your fake social media website but Tommy Lee's posts are way cooler than his son's posts on here and it's everywhere true. else because his son is like weirdly horrible at PR. It's you can incredibly tell Tommy amateur. Lee
0: actually signed in once to write this stuff. Cause only Tommy Lee would write matha fuckas and whoop with like 15 O's and shit. Like it's clearly actually him, but then you go to the Pam Anderson page on here and it's clearly not her. Like it's all Black and white pictures of herself from the '90s and meaningless pablum like "Hello everyone, heart. I have been writing, traveling, seeing family, and enjoying life. This community is strong, heart."
1: So is that oh, the sometimes kid? Sometimes you just
0: post a heart and that's it.
1: I don't. Maybe so. Right? Like I don't know. If it's him, that would be really funny because some of these pictures are like her with no bra on. Yeah, <laughs> and you can see her nipples. And if that's her son posting that for clout,
0: I mean, it could just. I assume that she actually has, like, a competent PR team where it could just be whoever runs, like, her Twitter and shit also runs her BitClout, but who knows?
1: She needs a competent PR team after being roasted in Borat. Yeah. (laughs) She still hasn't recovered from that. That was humiliating for her.
0: You need to get Borat on BitClout.
1: She has her own NFTs, too. I am so ready for that shit to pop. Yeah, man. Like, every single person who has more than 3,000 followers on social media has an NFT now, and eventually people are going to stop buying these. It's going to hit the point where no one's willing to buy it at the current price because they don't think anyone's going to buy it at a higher price later.
0: I mean, basically what I want to happen is just the government to actually take it at face value that these things are assets that are worth what they claim they're worth and just start taxing people on like $8,000 per picture of a monkey they have. And then the price of them is going to plummet really quick, you know? Too bad our government's incompetent, though. But if they just started regulating this shit, it would immediately
1: explode. Wow. Pamela Anderson has so many reply guys on here. First reply, the Krassensteins. Wow. I guess they're simps. (laughs) Dylan Jaggerly. Dylan.
0: Yeah, he's replying to everything of hers, of course.
1: He's kind of a simp for
0: his mom. Everyone's replies to Pam Anderson are just, hello, hello, hi, hi, Pamela, how are you? Like, no one fucking uses this website for to actually talk,
1: man. Pamela Anderson posting NFT any NFTs I should look at to buy, I think that's the ultimate bait for horrible replies. <laughs> because you've got, like, the platonic ideal of the woman that guys get horny for. You've got the NFTs, which is going to get you half uh, freak people. You're going to get half... Uh, like bots that say Elon Musk Ray-Bans 10% off. Yeah. Combining those two things, if this was a real social media website, it would have blown up. But it's mostly just links to really stupid images.
0: Oh, this is a great one. Uh, When she posted just a heart, someone whose handle is the Dallas Cowboys replied, you like the Cowboys, babe? It's not the verified Dallas Cowboys. They should get verified. I bet they would verify them because we also found earlier an account for Merlin the wizard. That's just Merlin with like a 90s clip art graphic of a wizard. And it's verified
1: somehow. It's got to be him if it's verified.
0: And it's never posted. And the its bio says better than Dumbledore in almost every way. Soldier Boy, of course, is on BitClout. That should surprise nobody.
1: What does the almost every way mean? Is yeah. it is it that Merlin's what's... not gay and he wishes he was gay like Dumbledore?
0: Yeah, maybe so. I'm gonna assume
1: that's what it is. He just Merlin
0: Although I don't know. It seems like Merlin I wouldn't be surprised if he was gay too though. Let's see what Soldier Boy's up to on BitClout. Well, his first post ever was forty days ago when he was trying to sell uh the Soldier Game again. Oh man.
1: Has anyone ever received one of those?
0: Oh wait, look at this. Check out the actual picture he posted though. Um there's an Xbox and PS5 controller behind his uh, game station. And it's like a weird like Game Boy version now where it's like oh it's so hard to describe. It's like it looks like Game Boy color basically. It's almost like a it's tiger like a handheld game. piece of shit. But then inexplicably behind it in the photo is a PS5 and Xbox controller without any explanation as to why,
1: not only with our buttons. I would like to own one of these someday, but apparently if you buy one, it never gets shipped out because he gets the cease and desist before he can ever yeah. ship them out. Or he just decides not to because He's why still would trying, you? Who cares?
0: Though. Man, he doesn't get any engagement on here. Nobody's replying with a heart or saying hello.
1: It's like Twitter, but only the NFT people. So the only interactions are people saying, that's a cool NFT. Want to buy my NFT? Let's make the price of this go up, please. Ooh,
0: here's something along that line, those lines, but even better. There is one reply to his most recent post where someone says, Let's go! How can I send to you a business proposal? I build 3D virtual experiences for celebrities. NFT, music artists, fashion and retail. With our at GD virtual galleries project, I think you would be really interested. Strong emoji. It is cool to have a social network that's all just like hucksters and snake oil salesmen just posting back and forth to each other. There's something nice about that.
1: Yeah, it would be good to quarantine all these people in one place. Like getting all the conservatives yeah. to go to parlor or Gab. Like,
0: Yeah, it's not a bad idea. Like the shepherd them over here. Something. Soldier Boy, too. Well, I appreciate Soldier Boy being on Twitter, but you know what? If he had to migrate to BitClout to be around his own kind of grifters, I wouldn't mind. I think one other thing about Tommy Lee, though, uh, that does not have his imprimatur. Someone in the Discord pointed out that in St. Petersburg, there's a restaurant now called Tommy Lee. That's just like the kind of high-end restaurant aimed at like conspicuous consumption, like dipshits, where it's not actually real rich people going there, it seems like. It's like the kind of people who would think that a celebrity like Tommy Lee is signifies high class right like going on the instagram for this restaurant all the food is like sushi with gold leaf on it like a dumb guy's idea of fine cuisine you know
1: this is like something that would happen in a dream of mine yeah totally dude that i'm like looking at twitter and i see that random restaurants account and there's a russian restaurant named tommy lee that's a fancy restaurant
0: yeah so like i don't
1: know how to process that
0: So I ran the About Us page through Google Translate here. It says, Who is Tommy Lee? Tommy Lee is a new club space that will function as a restaurant until the evening and as a full-fledged show club after sunset. The interior of the opening establishment was created by a designer with a worldwide reputation, which has not yet been revealed. The place is already open. (laughs) It's like, yeah, whoever made this place is really famous. We can't tell you about it just yet, but... uh, That makes no sense. So funny, man.
1: Why would you not be able to say who the designer is and they wouldn't want to be recognized for the work? Maybe because it's someone who knows Tommy Lee and like, they don't want to admit to Tommy Lee that they ripped off his his persona for this uh, beautiful masquerade ball strip club restaurant. (laughs) In St. Petersburg
0: They pivot away from that by saying Let's just say one thing for sure Parts of the interior will make you Pleasantly surprised Namely a golden luminous bar Red velvet and secret rooms The gastronomic Component is also performed At the highest level The creation of the author's menu Was undertaken by the recognized chef The owner of the Scandinavian Analog of the Michelin award The white guide Nordic And once again, they're not actually telling you his name.
1: I won the White Guy Nordic Award.
0: Yep. Exclusive interior space will not leave indifferent, even the most sophisticated guests. It's all about the details. Glowing onyx bar counter, panels from natural stones of gold color, secret rooms, mirrors will open you veil the secrets of the world of the mysterious Tommy Lee. A recognized chef is responsible for the gastronomic part. The owner, Scandinavian white guide, Nordic award. (laughs) And it goes on one more paragraph. The restaurant's cuisine alone is compelling reason to visit. Tommy Lee's atmosphere will make you want to come back again and again. Self-dance and music shows, unusual performances, bringing in the world's top artists and premium services, as well as modern technologies. Light integration, matrix ceiling with light wave effect, LED surfaces throughout the club, and special effects on the dance floor for a complete immersion in the club atmosphere. The promoters who also worked with set, cameo,
1: live 11. Wow, they have lights.
0: Yeah. Sounds classy,
1: dude. It does look cool in here.
0: This is the type of bar where Tommy Lee met Pam Anderson in his autobiography, when he, like, ordered a bunch of shots of Jaeger or whatever and walked him over to her table. Probably happened in a place just like this. And she threw up. <laughs>
1: she took one sip and threw up all over.
0: And they knew it was love at first sight that would last
1: a couple of years. The logo design is interesting. It looks like they were going for a Tommy Hilfiger type thing, like Tommy Bahama. Or, like it, like, the font kind of reminds me of Calvin Klein. It's like a '90s fashion type logo.
0: Yeah, that's what rocks about all this stuff is just like, it's like a dumb guy's idea of what high-end stuff should look like. So this is where we're really missing Dan's perspective today, though, because he could probably clue us in better on like the culture of this type of Russian nightclub. But, but alas, you know,
1: he probably played here.
0: Yeah, he just never told us. He was <laughs> yeah. saving
1: it for a big surprise. Yeah, he never mentioned that, that he played at a... I actually, he actually had a residency for a couple of years at Tommy Lee. Yeah, operators live at TommyLee.ru. Tommy Lee really owes this place some gigs, I think. He's doing free posts yeah. for his son on Big Cloud. He should... Uh, this would help his image. Yeah, absolutely. It's word of mouth. People are going to say, wait a minute, there's... A guy named Tommy Lee who's a musician who's named after this restaurant.
0: And, like, honestly, if if Tommy Lee scrolled through the Instagram account for the restaurant, I think he would go fucking nuts. Like, he would actually love it, though. Because, like, all the gold flake all over the food, the gold leaf, whatever you call it. Uh, and then there's also some pictures of just, like, two women who are sort of vaguely in lingerie, like, kind of next to each other. Like, they're going to have a pillow fight or something. Just like a dumb guy's idea of something really seductive, you know? And like the post, the post on the, uh, or sorry, the text on the post of the girls who are sort of like silhouetted and whatever, it says, are you, are the best for you enough? I will make sure that you have everything you need tonight, but in return, I will ask for your complete dedication to the evening. I am sure you will continue to recall these moments with Tommy for a long time.
1: There's a DJ or musician that plays here all the time and he's on the posters and his name is just Jeff.
0: That's so cool
1: There's one named Goom Gum Maybe Jeff is a really exotic
0: name in St. Petersburg
1: It probably is, yeah Like, ooh He must be from America
0: Oh, here Some of the posts on Instagram are like Ostensibly signed by Tommy The one with the sushi And the gold leaf uh, says I propose to make all your wildest Gastronomic desires come true Drop your shyness, you deserve the best Let there be only luxury In front of
1: you Looking forward to dinner tonight, Tommy. I think an issue here is that Tommy Lee is very open about his love of Jägermeister. So if he's talking about gastronomy, I don't know if I really take his opinion seriously.
0: Yeah, they need to at least just add like chicken strips to the menu and just charge for like 50 bucks for it and put a shot of Jäger on the side. I think that would like coax him to actually visit.
1: I think it should have all the same entrees as that Troop restaurant. Where they do the national anthem on the hour oh yeah that place rocks it should be like the badass burger that's soaked in whiskey
0: oh man i just noticed also they have another instagram post of two girls kissing and their faces are blurred out it's basically just the classic dorm room poster but censored so badass dude
1: maybe that's a law in russia like in japan the genitals have to be pixelated In Russia, if two girls are kissing, you have to pixelate it so you can't tell what's happening.
0: (laughs) There's plenty of uh, anti-LGBT sentiment over there. they got to blur it out because it's too much.
1: Tommy Lee's got to go over there and come to this restaurant and say, you guys got to stop with that stuff with the LGBT. You guys got to chill out. And they'll listen to him because he's the guy. He's Tommy Lee. It's like if Dave Thomas or Colonel Sanders got on TV and said... I want everybody to just chill out and stop getting so mad about politics and stuff. People would have to listen because those are the most trusted voices in our country.
0: That's right. That's the guy from the logo. Yeah, they should actually put Tommy Lee's face like winking on the on the marquee outside.
1: I would like a little chibi Tommy Lee, like a big boy type statue. <laughs> Shrunken down, and he's got big eyes. and Tommy-san, Tommy-chan. Yeah, Tommy-chan. They should
0: open one and of these in,
1: in Japan, too.
0: In theory, it would be fun to go to this place as a bit, but in reality, I'd be so uncomfortable there. Like, that sushi is probably, like, pretty shitty and costs, like, five times as much as it should. Like, there's no way this place is actually lives up to what you'd have to spend there, you know?
1: I would love to eat some Russian sushi while listening to Goom Gum and Jeff. <laughs> like, these Turkish DJs who come up. <laughs> Groove Jack. That's one of them, Groove Jack.
0: Cool. I mean, those guys I'd probably rather listen to than Motel 7. So.
1: Yeah, I think Jeff is a much better name than Motel 7. It's so stupid. You can imagine what they were doing. They were probably doing the road trip that they wrote that song about, the song Are We There Yet, which is, that was already that movie with Ice-T or Ice Cube, whichever one yeah. it was. Ice Cube. Ice Cube, yeah. We want to make this feel like a song you are hearing for the first time every time you spin it. That never gets old effect, Motel 7 said of Are We There Yet? <laughs> the Los Angeles duo's sun Kiss new track is an ode to an epic road trip that captures a feeling of escapism. So it's like... Ugh. Yeah, when
0: you're Tommy Lee's son, you really need a feeling of escapism from your easy life where you have to do nothing except
1: shill your cryptocurrency online. <laughs> it's the E1 episode about Sideways. It's, yeah, it's that basically. road trip. It's these like you're Tommy Lee and Pamela Anderson's son. You I think you've been from LA to San Francisco. Yeah. That's Your just whole not life believable. is escapism
0: and you've this is the only place you've lived ever. Like, yeah, come on, man.
1: Paris Brosnan.
0: But um while we're kind of on our whole Cali vibes thing here, I know we're there's one more band we wanted to talk about. Was there anything in particular that set you off on like a sublime
1: kick the other day? I forget. I don't know how I got down that hole, but I was um, I was listening to 40 ounces to freedom. I was reading the Pitchfork review of it, which is actually very good. They give it a 5.6 and it's it's like a I mixed think that's probably bag. That's pretty fair. Because it's a, like it's an enjoyable record. It's fun. It's like very adolescent and stupid. But it also has some of the most offensive lyrics of all time. Like uh, the single Date Rape, their breakthrough single, yeah. which is like ostensibly an anti-rape song, but it's kind of just, it's like Pepe Le Pew, basically, where the rapist is like technically yeah. <laughs> the bad guy, but it's also like, this is funny. Isn't this funny? Like it's like a very and well. The worst part, though song. is that,
0: has come up and set the end as getting raped in jail right so for a song that's ostensibly anti-rape it ends up being pro- rape at the end as long as it's the bad guy you know
1: yeah it cancels out and in the uh in the music video the judge who sends the rapist to jail is played by Ron Jeremy who is now in jail for rape
0: yeah it really sublime is absolutely music for like 12 year olds like it's kind of like blink 182 in that way right it's just like really stupid. Like, it's deliberately stupid in a very, like, teenager way, where when you're that age, it's very normal to like it. But if I was listening to this shit in my 30s, I'd be, like, embarrassed, you know?
1: <laughs> yeah. That's actually the, the last line of it is, um, well, the last paragraph. It actually brings up Motley Crue. Like each year forty ounce sounds a little further past its sell by date, its song's a little more sour, and its sexual politics even less excusable. For the same reason that Molly Crue doesn't make new many, many new teenage fans these days, Sublime's Well of Young Fans may dry up too. Time has a way of gradually erasing music that doesn't meet modern mores. Even many original fans who still sneak a listen while doing weekend yard work probably wouldn't want to be seen wearing their old 40-ounce t-shirt in public anymore. Yet if you talk to those same fans candidly, many will admit the same thing. It's the most embarrassing album they've ever loved. Which I yeah, think is I think thats, that's really a nice fair. way to put yeah. it.
0: Yeah. And that's like, I don't want to be too negative to Sublime because I do get the appeal. And like, I used to listen to some of that when I was a teenager. It's like, uh, it's too mean to say that they're as bad as like 311. Because there is like a certain charm to it. It's just a really stupid charm.
1: (laughs) Yeah, they were like a very stupid band. They were kind of like the Beastie Boys, but even dumber and more juvenile.
0: But I also could see how like if you're kind of like a jock, but you're smarter than the other jocks, this would be like your favorite band, right? Because like if you're like the jock who like smokes weed or something... It's like the end of like Garden Grove has like all these cool synths and stuff. And that's probably too weird for the other jocks. So it makes you feel like you're like onto something. But then on the other hand, all the hooks are just like loving is what I got. So it's super accessible on that way. You know, does that make sense? Like to a certain kind of like frat guy, this would be like relatively sophisticated almost.
1: Yeah, it is the perfect music for that. Because it has like
0: dub influences and like reggae references and some weird moments. But it's also really poppy. I could see how, like, I don't know, to certain people, that's, like, the weirdest
1: they ever got listening to music, maybe. It's got a lot of rap imitation, too. Yeah, like, doing time. Like, almost offensive imitation of rappers. Like, almost, like, Lonely Island level shit. But not really. Like, only semi-played for laughs. Totally. I was familiar um, with Date Rape, but the other single from that album wrong way which is actually a pretty good song melodically uh, yeah. that
0: was on the radio all the time when i was like 13 yeah
1: like the opening lines of it are uh she's only 12 years old in two more she'll be a whore and it's from the perspective of a guy who sleeps with an underage prostitute which guys you can you can't have that on the single you guys got to stop it's also it's but like from from their
0: perspective at that time, I feel like they oh they probably didn't listen to, like, Lou Reed or anything, but it's kind of like Lou Reed doing, uh, like, seedier songs about, like, various New York type of characters, you know what I mean? Like, I think they probably meant it that way as, like, a commentary, but just like with Date Rape, they, like, aren't sophisticated enough to make it look good in hindsight. <laughs>
1: yeah, there's, it's all very clumsy and the message is muddled. By the time they got to the self-titled album, they had figured out that the songs should not just be, like, rapist with AIDS. Yeah. Like, <laughs> maybe it should be Love Is What I Got.
0: The, self-title- the self-titled album is essentially, like, their only real album. Like, it's the only one that sounds good and that's mostly, like, self-consciously full of, like, hits and stuff. Because it's the only one they made um, for the major label, right? Like, they got signed after the first two albums and those those were, like, re-released. But the self-titled is like kind of like their major label debut.
1: Yeah, that was the breakthrough. And he was kind of introduced to people as an angel. Like he was in those videos, it was him edited in looking down from heaven at the other two guys.
0: Yeah, because he died
1: before, yeah, after they tracked it, but before they released it. And it's interesting how that works because Bradley Knowles was not that different of a guy from like shifty shell shock. yeah. Like, and Shifty Shock is not remembered as, like, a, like a, a cool peace and love guy who just wanted to chill. Like, he's remembered for being on the Dr. Drew show and doing crack.
0: Yeah. That's a good point of, like, if Bradley Knowles had survived for longer, his reputation would have just tanked, like, immediately, right? Like, he really did. The band, not him, obviously, but the rest of the band benefited by the narrative of him overdosing it kind of made it so that he was like unimpeachable right as their only major label album came out you know
1: yeah I don't think he would have done that well as like a Kurt Cobain level figure no no way
0: but it is like yeah
1: to be fair to them though like some of these songs are kind of fun like it is it's hard not to enjoy it it's like yeah 40 ounces to freedom the song is a good song the smoke two joints cover is fun I used to uh You know, they were in
0: Tony Hawk back in the day, like Seed or whatever it's called, and uh, Saw Red, their song with Gwen Stefani. Like, yeah, there's like some charm to that stuff. It is, uh, now that I, like more and more that I think about it, if you asked me a week ago, I would have said they're like 311, but now that I'm talking about it, I feel like they're really similar to Blink-182 at the end of the day. Just like fun, stupid music for teenagers. Yeah. And like, there's no point in like hating on them because it's not like it's meant to be listened to by like 30 year olds. You know what I mean? So it's like for what they were trying to do and when they were trying to do it for who they were doing it for, I think it makes sense why they had their moment, you know?
1: Yeah. It's definitely a moment in time, like early 90s, SoCal. There is that song, though, uh, Dog Kicker, where he says, I hate California and living in Long Beach. I hate my shitty Dalmatian and want to kill him for meat. I wish I lived in Chicago so I could visit the bean. My awful Dalmatian is the worst dog I've seen. (laughs) that one, the bean. Yeah, that one got a a lot of radio play, but it hasn't aged that well, I don't think.
0: Yeah, everyone was like, what does he mean by the bean? And then it turned out to be a a prophecy.
1: And by the time they got to the self-titled album, they'd figured out that uh, instead of singing about kicking the dog and feeding the dog poison and stuff, they should talk about loving the dog. And people yeah. responded a lot better to that.
0: That gets to something I wanted to say too, though, is um, like they cr- they try to claim the same thing as 3.11 of like, oh, we're referencing uh, other artists. Like they use so many fucking melodies from other artists and lyrics and everything, but it's like they kind of claim that they're in the tradition of like dub and reggae so that that's like cool. But it's such a flimsy argument for Sublime because they just steal melodies directly from the Beatles and shit. Like that's not... Reggae, that's just you stealing melodies. Like the beginning of uh, what I got is exactly Lady Madonna. Even down to the rhyme, it's the same fucking rhyme. It's, uh, what is it? Uh, Early in the morning, rise into the street, strap shoes on my feet. With uh, Lady Madonna, children at your feet, make ends meet. It's the same fucking thing.
1: Yeah, it's almost endearing. I think it is endearing. It's like uh, it was sort of ahead of its time in a way. Because sampling later became more of a thing in like pop rock and like, uh, like, like kid rock all summer long. I think it was yeah. kind of a and precursor like even, to that where, where he doesn't really give a shit. It's like, yeah, it's these two songs that are good. I put them together and I made it about chilling, uh, chilling in a boat. Who cares? Fuck you. Yeah,
0: for sure. It, it definitely became the dominant mode for like mainstream pop. I know in like, Just sort of like in the background when I hear pop radio, there's some fucking really terrible song from the last year or so that just uses the sound of music. I think it's like the, I'm pretty sure it's like the raindrops on roses, whatever, like that melody. My favorite thing. That's just the hook.
1: Yeah. That's uh, That's, Ariana Grande. That's
0: unbelievable to try to get away with that. Like what a fucking stupid zero IQ idea, but it works.
1: I think it's a pretty good melody to do it with. Like as far as those things go. When Justin Bieber used the chorus from Love Me, Love Me, Why Don't You Love Me, I think that was whack. I think most of it's whack if it's too
0: on the nose, which in pop music, it's always directly on the nose because there's no such thing as subtlety in like radio pop anymore. But
1: I would like to hear more covers on the radio. I don't know yeah. why we oh, lost. Oh, yeah, totally. That.
0: That's, that's preferable to like weird, just taking the melody and making the
1: lyrics shittier. There were so many 80s hits that were covers of 60s songs. Yeah, totally. Or 90s hits that were covers of 80s songs? I want to hear like a, a synth-pop cover of Mr. Brightside on the radio. Why not? How about The Weekend covers Mr. Brightside? People would like that.
0: Yeah, better than a lot of stuff out there.
1: To give some credit to Weezer, I guess covering Toto's Africa is probably the most prominent example of that.
0: Yeah, they gave it a
1: shot. They executed on your concept. They did it. I'm. It's not really... It's kind of worse than the original, but it's nice that someone did it. I
0: remember, at, like, sometime in the past, uh, me and Joel had the idea that like a rapper should just steal the exact melody of uh, Eris' theme from Final Fantasy VII. <laughs> That'd be such a funny hook to do. <laughs> like, just start ripping off like '90s gaming shit. Probably someone, like, some kind of like indie rapper, probably has done that. But I think it'd be so funny for like Drake to do that.
1: That would blow up, I think. Oh, yeah, dude. It would be so bad, and it would be so popular. People would love that. Drake should do a song about Kingdom Hearts in Invader (laughs) Zim. I hear they're going to put Drake in Kingdom Hearts. It's been too long since a song referenced the Nightmare Before Christmas. Drake should talk about being Jack and Sally.
0: (laughs) Drake is going to be in Kingdom Hearts 3.54 HD Complete Edition. But you know what? Until then... Let's just keep buying some BitClout. I'm going to get in on Tommy Lee while his BitClout's still only like 100 a coin. This podcast so has been sponsored by DESO,
1: the DESO protocol, the decentralized social blockchain. Go buy it now. DSO, DESO, D E S O, only $136 for this coin. It'll be worth a, a million times that.
0: Yeah, and join us next week where Dan will be officially replaced by
1: Dylan Jagger Lee. He's got that residency at Tommy Lee now. Jesus.